Discord. Well, hello, hello, everyone. It's Gabrielle from the Step Ahead Tutoring Services. Welcome to the sixth episode of Hot Topics, where we talk real talk about things that are happening in education, employment, mental health, social services, physical health, psychology, or anything else steaming. So our topic today is early intervention. And I have a repeat guest with me. Her name is Robin Simpson. So let me remind you about who she is. She will be helping me discuss that today. So Robin Renee Simpson received her associates in human services from the New York College of Technology and her bachelor's is from Metropolitan College. Currently, she's pursuing her master's degree in childhood and childhood special education birth to second grade at St. John's University. In addition to that, she's a residential, fa residential family group daycare owner and a master life coach. In the fall, she'll partner with us a step ahead to provide group tutoring for grades one through five. Her interests are social justice and education and twice exceptional students. So Robin, welcome back to Hot Topics. Thank you for having me. All right, so you have an interesting take on early intervention. Please, uh, the floor is yours. Tell us about it. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, um, early intervention. Uh, first of all, going back to children with disabilities, um, back in 1972, um, the first law for uh, children with disabilities was established, and it was called children with th that are handicapped. And you know, as we progress, we decided to put the the child first before the disability. So it was no longer handicapped children. It became Individuals with Disability Education Act, and the name was changed in 1996, right? So in 1996, um, the law was established to divide what special education would look like for different sets of children. So originally when it started, it was for uh, children that were preschooled. So at that time, um, kindergarten was a mandatory. So from six years and up, the um, Individual with Disability Educational Act was made for. But I, I guess over a period of time, it was the realization that if we could catch the disability early, then it would minimize the, the growth of the disability later on and also be more cost effective if you really got it, you know, caught it at an earlier age. So what happened is the IDEA Act of 1996 has four parts. So you have part A, which is the basic general definition 
of the Individual with Disability Education Act. Now, this is law all across the United States. No matter where you go, you're going to have the IDEA Act. So the second part uh, refers to the layout and the educational guidelines for children 3 to 21, as I stated before. And so with that, you know, they, children from three to 21 is required to obtain um, educational services in school. Now, as I said, the idea of the early intervention, well, let me back up. When a child is diagnosed from three to 21, there's a process that has to be, um, and still, so the first part is the referral either to the school or to the doctor, right? And then an IEP is established. So there's a, a, a battery of tests that the child would have to take to determine if these services, um, if the child is eligible for these services. So uh, once they determine that the services are needed for this child, they create an IEP. And that IEP is an individual service plan for the child. So based on that IEP, it's reviewed every year and you have stakeholders of different um, interdisciplinary uh, areas that share their standpoint on what it is that that child needs. It also talks about the environment, the services. Okay, now the thought is if we can do it earlier, then maybe they won't get to that point of having to have an IEP. So the part C of IDEA recognize the need for identifying and reaching very young children with disabilities. And this portion um, of IDEA provides a guideline concerning the, the funding from birth to, to two years old. So families are entitled to that same services that they would receive if the child was three and up. And it's the same multidisciplinary uh, identification and this time it's called intervention services. Now, in the children from three to 21, they have the IEP, but for the children who are less than three, it's called IFSP, and that's the Individualized Service Family Service Plan, because now uh, this plan is more inclusive of the family. So the services that are given to the, the children under three is inclusive of the family's participation. So there may be some services that will help the parents. Radiation of the IFSP, which, how should I say, you, you have more say-so in the IFSP than in the IEP, right? Because now it's more inclusive of the family. So the family is 
um, also entitled to a, a timely manner in terms of the process of obtaining the IS, the IFSP. So everything is generally um, done within a certain amount of time. So the thought is the earlier, the better. Um, if you have a child that is younger than three years old, that you think might have a delay or disability, this program is the program to help you. Now, the, the other school of thought with children under three is that everyone does not develop at the same time. So if you're seeing that your child is not moving with the other kids and you have that concern, yes, by all means apply for the program, but it does not guarantee that it is a delay because if it's, if it's a disability, because a delay means, a lag means that he's a little bit behind, but a delay means that there is a lot of, of areas where the child is not progressing like other kids. So um, if you did the um, early intervention and it's determined that the child has a, a lag, they may say, okay, call us back in three to six months if you don't see any improvement, because then now you're leaning more towards the delay. So first, what will happen is you the, the family will be assigned a service coordinator. And this person will help you, you know, get through the process. And in getting through the process, as I said before, is different layers. And so um, they will look at the child to determine if there's any disabilities or delay. Um, if the child qualifies for early intervention, they the, the team, the stakeholders will sit down and create a plan that will be helpful um, to your child. Um, early intervention therapists and teachers will spend time with the parents and the family. And here's the beautiful part. It could be in the home. It can be in the the daycare such as mine. Um, and it could be with the babysitter. Any stakeholder that's involved with the child services meetings can take place in those environments because they want this um, um, process to be as comfortable as it can. Um, they will give the family practical tips as they're discovering um, the needs of the child. And then on the third birthday of the child, then there's another process of aging out that child from early intervention to the part D of the idea. So um, it's, it's any concern that you have in reference to your child in terms of a, a delay or a lag. Awesome, awesome. That was definitely very, very informative. And I hope you guys, I hope you guys are listening to that. Uh, so, um, so Robin, um, so can you just reiterate how old is, how old is early? When we say early, let's uh, reiterate, how old is that? Um, it's, early is, 
as early, I mean, from birth, you know, some uh, disabilities are discovered within three months, six months, it all depends. But the, the how should I say, is, is indicative of the age, yes, but it's also the behaviors of the child that, you know, kind of will raise concerns. And the first one is physical. So say, for example, if your child is not sitting up at a certain time, that would bring areas of, of concern. Emotionally, um, if you notice that the child is crying all, all the time and you've done everything, or if you notice a different type of cry than a regular hungry, um, tired type of cry. Um, social, you know, if your child is not looking at you in the eyes or not blinking, you know, very little simple things, not responding to um, people reaching out to socialize with the child. If you notice that, you know, they're withdrawal. And you have the mental part, you know, you notice in the child, the, the coordination of the child is not smooth, especially if you had other children and you notice how they're growing and, and, and this child may not be developing the way that the others are. And you have, so in these areas, you know, generally um, you're going to get feedback from the, the babysitter, the child care provider, the doctor, you know. So another indication is if you're getting a common a concern um, from different stakeholders that, you know, are attentive to your child, then that's an indication that, you know, of area of concern. So yes, I would say how early is age, but then at the same time, I will also look at behaviors as well. All right, all right, all right. So now why is, why is, early, and why is early intervention so important? I cannot stress how important early intervention is because if, if we can catch it early, once the child turns three, they may not need it anymore. The, the, the beautiful part about early intervention is really teaching the child skills right? And, and encouraging um, growth in certain areas. So it, it, you know, it depends on what services is needed in order to um, have that child to develop as normal as they can. So catching it early, it's, it, it just saves so much on the frustration because, you know, all kids want to learn and they want to um, learn with their counterparts, but if they are having something that's holding them back, they become very frustrated. And in them becoming frustrated, that's when you will see a lot of acting out behaviors. You will see withdrawal behaviors. And as the child is going to school and they are in a position where they are supposed to be learning, if they have the frustration of not developing, then the gap 
and learning gets wider and wider and wider until it, it gets so big that the child, in some cases, drop out of school. And we already know those statistics when a child drop out by uh, out of school, you know, they become a menace to society. So that wouldn't be the direct purpose of you checking in to see if the child has a disability, but that's generally the end result. So, you know, it's very important to, to, to get it done as early as possible. That is, that is awesome. All right, so how can parents seek services? Okay, well, first things first, um, 311 for New York City, New York State, 311 is perfect explaining. Um, you have concern about your child's growth and um, they will direct you to different um, satellite agencies, uh, generally non-for-profit agencies where they have um, different stakeholders that will um, institute doing the diagnostic tests. But before we go on to that process, I just wanna touch on a couple of um, areas of what a lag look like. Um, okay, so from birth to six months, what a lag look like would be feeding problems, rejection of the breast or the bottle, excessive vomiting, colic, diarrhea that results in weight loss. The de developmental regression, uh, as I said before, depressive, depression, unresponsiveness, failure to smile, uh, show pleasure, rejections of others, as I said before, and inability to hear and the inability to see. And also sensory, you know, touching and seeing and hearing. If you notice any uh, lag in those areas, then those, those are concerns. From birth, from six months to one year, um, withdrawal, lack of initiating um, connections with others, the lack of responding to uh, people, toys, and pets, crying frequently, and slow learning. So that's from six months to a year. From one to two years, the developmental lag would be overly withdrawn, passive, fearful, obsessive head banging, finger sucking or rocking, lack of interest in objects, environment, and play. And here's where this one is very key. Excessive temper tantrums, hitting, biting, hyperventilating, constipation, smearing of feces as an expression of anger. And this one is very clear because, you know, in some instances, I have seen where those behaviors are applauded by the adults. So, oh, he's just having a bad day or, 
you know, he's so spoiled, he's not getting what he wants, or he's just bad, or he's like so-and-so. And at that particular time, it's an inclination that there may be a, de a developmental delay or a lag. So if that child would come into be evaluated in special education, there would be certain type of skills that will be taught to this child on how to control his um, behavior and hitting and biting. Because those are the, the main uh, behaviors you would see in a classroom that can turn a classroom upside down. I have seen children at the age of six hitting, kicking, spitting. So those behaviors did not just start at that age. It goes all the way back from one to two years when it was done and it was looked upon as, oh, he's a baby, he doesn't know better. That's his way of communicating that he needs help. So from two, two to three years, here again, overly withdrawn, passive, fearful, the same head banging, finger sucking, rocking, uh, lack of interest in objects, uh, environment or play, excessive temper tantrum, uncontrolling. So now when he was um, one to two, he was hitting. Now it's becoming uncontrollable. Hitting, biting, hyperventilating, uh, constipation, smearing feces, um, and as an expression of anger. Now two to three is becoming excessive stubbornness, consistent uh, overreaction to reasonable things, weak sense of positive, distinct self, um, not able to show acceptance in others. So as you notice from, from uh, zero all the way up to three, you see the progression of the, the, the disability increasing because now the frustration is becoming greater than when he was younger. So as that child gets older, it, it just get bigger, it doesn't go away. And just a little bit past early intervention, um, according to psychologists, a, a, a person is who they are at seven years old. So technically you have the first seven years to correct any behavior. After seven, I'm not going to say that that child will never change, but the, the, the chances of that child changing behavior after seven, it, it, the, it decreases in terms of that child um, growing out of those behaviors. Right. So, so we're going to go back to the what parents can do, but um, so can you... Can you tell, can you tell us how do you know it's not like part of like normal versus now we need early intervention? Um, it becomes excessive, especially if you have done, you know, everything that as a mother or, you know, a family can do to help your child because like I said the the delay is something that you're going to see but they're going to eventually outgrow it 
So say, for example, the child by six months is not sitting up. You say, okay, this is a milestone. You know, he's supposed to be sitting up. He's not sitting up. So you have that initial concern. Now he's eight months and he's not sitting up. Nine months and he's not setting up, sitting up. That's when it becomes an issue whereby early intervention is something that a parent would want to sort out. Because you pretty much given that time of lag period, because everybody doesn't, um, you know, uh, learn and grow at the same time. So, um, you know, one child may talk later, another child may walk earlier. You know, I have a little six month child in the daycare, six months, this little boy wants to walk at six months and he gets frustrated because he can't move. But then I may have another six month child that's not interested in walking, you know? So I'm not gonna say that the child who is six months and not walking is having a delay or a lag, he's, that's before his milestones. So really, really understanding the milestones is very key in trying to um, pretty much put the concern, you know, about your child. So, um, and then also the weight of the child when the child was born is definitely an area where I wouldn't want to say an automatic concern, but, you know, at birth, you know, different situations that the child is born in are already indicators that the likelihood of disability is evident. Um, alcohol fetal syndrome, um, children that are born underweight, if the mother has um, uh, insurmountable amount of stress, or if, if she's physically, you know, have some type of uh, health uh, impairment. So those issues will automatically draw concern towards that child. If those conditions are normal, then as that child is developing and you notice things are not, um, you know, coming into play, then that's another area of having um, concerns, you know. So, and, and another thing too, as an indicator, a lot of times, you know, just as much as you may go to the doctor and the doctor may not say anything to you because he's probably thinking it's a lag. And also knowing that, you know, parents are very resistant when someone is saying uh, something is wrong with their child. When the child, when the doctor does say to the parents that this is a possibility, you know, um, some parents will say, oh, the doctor don't know what he's talking about. He, he doesn't know how everybody in my family had this and they outgrew it. But we really don't know if those um, behaviors were sought out and got the proper um, solution that that person may be further ahead. So listening to the doctor is also very, very, very um, important in situations of determining if, if it's a, a lag or a delay. 
And, and thank you for making that distinction. That is, that is very important. All right, so now let's return to uh, the resources. So what can parents do to seek services? You talked about uh, 311. So I just right. want to point out that's only in um, New York State. So if you happen to be in other states, um, your state may have what's called a non-emergency phone number for uh, seeking information. Right. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there. All right. So where else? <clears throat> excuse me. So where else can parents seek services? Okay. So what they can do is um, Google early interventions, and once you Google intervention, then it's a uh, all the states pop up and you just click the state that you're in and then it will direct you to uh, a local agency um, so that you will be able to initiate services. And I, I have to reiterate the earlier, the, the better. Personally, and this is my personal opinion, I feel on general principle, it's a free program. So I would, I highly recommend that you just get your child evaluated just on general principle because it's free. If nothing comes up, then you know as a parent, my child is okay. And if you initiate early intervention without a concern, that there is a lag or a delay and something comes up that will put your child ahead of the game. So it's a free service. I highly recommend that, you know, all parents, you know, do it to make sure that they are ahead. And it's just as simple as, you know, Googling uh, early intervention, getting the, the drop down box of your state and, and begin in that journey. And if you if the child needs services, as I said before, they will come to the house, your house, they will come to the daycare, they will come to the babysitter and also give you tips on better, on how to be a better parent. Because sometimes, you know, in the scheme of, of parents taking care of their children, their focus may be on making sure that they have shelter, food, and clothes on their back. And sometimes, you know, a little extra stimulation will help this child grow. Maybe that could be one of the recommendations from the IEP, the, IS, the IFSP, that can further help your child, you know, develop at a, at a normal rate. So, uh, as I said before, um, early intervention is a system of coordinated services that promotes your child's growth and development. And it also supports the family and gives them different ways of helping a child in these very early uh, critical years. The purpose of early intervention is to enhance the development of infant and toddlers with developmental delays or disabilities. So as I said before, that lag is, okay, maybe 
my child is doing something a month after the milestone. That's a lack. But when we talk about delay and disabilities, your child will not outgrow that. Will not. What the possibilities may happen is that child will overcompensate if he's able to get the stimulation to want to be successful. So they will naturally develop, but chances are if they're left on their own device, the possibility of them building up compensatory strategies become very thin. So, um, so the purpose of the early intervention is to minimize the need of special education and related services after infants and toddlers with the di disability reach school age. Very, very key. And it enhances the capabilities of families to meet special needs of their infant um, with and toddlers with uh, developmental delays and, and disabilities. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. That was definitely very, very informative. So, <clears throat> so to the viewers, we hope that you take advantage of those services. They are in your state, wherever you are. So the information is out there. So we highly recommend that you check with your local agencies to, to seek these services. Um, so Robin, can they also check with their schools or their pediatrician? Yes, definitely with the, the pediatrician. From zero to three, it depends on the educational setting. Um, the, the one thing that I would like to share in Queens in District 29, they have a school for children um, that falls under this uh, early intervention. And they all the services are right there on the, on the school campus and a lot of children, they um, move forward into regular school with no problem. So if, if you can do research, because I'm not sure of how it is um, in other states that there's a possibility that, you know, each state also has a school where for the three-year-olders between the two, I think two-year, two and three-year-olders where they have that time. And or I think they have to be toilet trained, definitely, um, to participate in that school environment. So um, definitely they will um, get the services they need under uh, one roof. All right, awesome. So you can yeah. check with your, so to the viewers again, you can check with your local agencies and you can also consult a school counselor or a pediatrician. Yeah. So Ms. Robin, thank you so much for coming back to Hot Topics. Thank and you. you can find, you can find Robin Simpson online at www.rsimpsoncoaching.com.
So all of her information will be provided in the bio. Currently, she's offering a special promotion for her coaching services, 12 sessions for half price. So for those of you who so happen to be in the New York City area, she also has a daycare center in Queens and is accepting clients for September onward. You can email her at simpsonrobin at ymail.com for more information. I want to emphasize the why. <laughs> so the ymail.com for more information. Thank you so much for joining us today. You can Check out our YouTube channel for more videos and clips, and don't forget to subscribe. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so please follow us. Tune in next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Signing off. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello, hello again, everyone. It is Gabrielle from A Step Ahead Tutoring Services, and we have a, uh, this is a first. We have a, uh, an addendum uh, to, our, to our interview. So Robin Simpson, who is my guest, we were talking about early intervention, and she is going to talk about what does early intervention include so okay. what does early intervention include miss robin okay yes thank you so um what does early intervention include early intervention services are determined as i said before through the ifsp and that is the result of cooperative planning between the family and the the treatment plan the interdisciplinary group right who is working with the family and so these professionals once they come up with the plan in terms of what the child needs they now need to ensure that the children receive the services that they need through community supports so what does that look like once the plan is designed that plan is incorporated in that child's daily life in the most natural um, settings. So um, they're very the, the services are voluntary. So early intervention services are provided at no cost to the family. So no one should be saying that you have to pay for that service. So it may include assisted technology devices or services, audio hearing services, family training, counseling, and home visits, health services, medical services for diagnostic or evaluation purposes, nursing services, nutritional services, occupational therapy, physical therapy, psychology services, service coordination, sign language and clue language services, social work services, special instruction, speech language pathology services, 
transportation and related costs, vision services. And there's a category for other, as I said before, depending on what the child needs. So if you're not able to um, take your child, then transportation will be provided. If the, if the child is in the daycare, then the services will come to your daycare. So I wouldn't be afraid of the, the, the terms that I just listed. The most important thing here is that your child is getting what they need in order to be a productive member of society. And it's a good idea that, you know, we are open to all the different services that come in. And in addition, uh, real quick, before we sign off, if at any time of this process, you, the family, is not satisfied, you are entitled to have what they call a due process uh, hearing to discuss the areas that you're not satisfied in. So this is not something that someone creates and then they say, here, you got to take it and you don't have a choice. If there's anything that I, I listed that you're not sure of, you can definitely have a hearing. Uh, one of my children is ongoing. Should the child wear the, she's three years old. Should the child wear the brace? Should the child not wear the brace? So the parent is in agreement that they're going to come up with a plan to ensure that if she doesn't wear the brace, that she's not falling constantly to hurt herself. And the doctors are trying to determine if she wears the braces, will, will that um, help her legs to grow straight? So here again, it's all about conversation, um, knowing your child, allowing the experts to express all the different uh, technologies that I listed, which one is appropriate for your child. You have a voice, no one, should shove anything down your throat and make you feel that this is what you have to do. You are at the table for your child. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. All right, so once again, thank you guys for tuning in. Signing off. Signing off. Bye.